This week's episode of Walking Through the Stargate is brought to you by Bedrosian National Shock Cages. Nothing keeps your enemies on their toes quite like being folded in half and at constant risk of electrical shock. You can find this and a whole array of restraining and interrogation devices at our stores throughout Bedrosia. Visit our website, restraints.bednat today. Thank you, Bedrosian National, for sponsoring this episode. What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 Lock. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. I'm Zach. This is episode 61, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Crystal Skull. We are an independent... I was about to say independent contractor again. I might need to rewrite this so that I don't have to. So, okay. We are an independent podcast and you can help keep us this thing completely independent because we have a Patreon. You can visit us on Patreon. Uh, I put the link in, I'll put the link in the show notes. I think it's pretty straightforward. It's like patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate if I remember right, but whatever, I'll put it in there. That is in there. You can case, search and find us. Is it great? Patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Uh, your support of this show helps uh, keep things going because every dollar that is being gen- uh, generously donated uh, or committed, whatever, how that phrase is, uh, patroned, uh, is uh, going directly towards getting Zach a new computer, which is desperately needed. Uh, and uh, that way we can keep this thing going without any hiccups at all. Uh, you can always find our show in the standard places where you can find a podcast. It will be on Google Play Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, in your favorite podcast aggregator. We have no plans to make that change whatsoever. We do have ideas about what we were going to add and make better or make different, uh, depending on um depending on things, but uh, go check it out. Uh, if you feel so inclined, uh, sign up for it, and uh, we will be ever so thankful, including saying ever so thanks. Uh, don't forget, I haven't checked, but if you leave a review on Apple, uh, the, if you write one out, uh, we have committed to doing a dramatic recreation. So uh, if you if you want to see your words come to life, uh, you, can, you can do that, and uh, it would be fantastic. And then, uh, Zach, if a person wants to uh, give us a heads up that they had given us a review like four weeks ago and I haven't checked, <laughs> I should go check. <laughs> How might they do that? Well, uh, the uh, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and talk to us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Uh, or you can go to our Facebook page. We have Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page. We also have a Facebook group of the same name. Uh, and you can contact us there in all of those things and poke and prod us and say, hey, don't forget we did this one thing for you. Uh, and we'll be like, oh, yeah, right. We did. Oh, yeah, right. And, yeah, and yeah. we will get that taken care of. Uh, thanks very much for those who have emailed us and, and talked to us yes. about stuff. Uh, uh, it's, it's always fun to listen to what people have to say about these episodes as they come through. Mm-hmm. All right. Brent. Yes. Uh, should we dig into Crystal Skull? Yeah, let's 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 make this thing happen. All right, let's make this happen. All right, so the director of Crystal Skull is Brad Turner. Uh, this mm-hmm. is Brad's sixth directing credit, uh, going all the way back to season one. He did Thor's Hammer and Hathor. Thor's in Hammer. Two, he did the Tokra parts one and two in Touchstone, uh, mm-hmm. and then of course he's done this on Crystal Skull. This is the last we're going to hear Brad's name until season nine. He does direct Whoa, two more okay, episodes, okay. but there is a long <laughs> break here between this and season nine when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out some of the other episodes for more information about Brad Turner. 
the story for this episode was credited to Michael Greenberg and Jared Paul. And uh, mm-hmm. also, as I was reading, uh, some of the ideas here kind of came from uh, Michael Shanks as well. Uh, though he does, mm-hmm. you know, some of the basic ideas uh, percolating behind things occurred here. Uh, he doesn't get a credit and anything like that. Uh, for Greenberg and Paul, this is their second story credit. They did season two's episode "Message in a Bottle." Uh, mm-hmm. In that situation, the teleplay was also written by Brad Wright, as was this one. Uh, this is Jared Paul's last credit for SG One. Um, oh, but okay. uh, Michael Greenberg does have two more story credits throughout the series, and of course, he is one of the executive producers on the show. So, despite the fact that he doesn't get story or teleplay credits very often, uh, he does have his fingers all over the place in the Stargate franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teleplay is uh, by Brad Wright. Um, he's done a whole number of teleplays already. He did five in season one. He did six episodes in season two. And in this season, he did Into the Fire, Point of View, uh, and 100 Days. And then, mm-hmm. of course, this one, Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. He is one of the creators. And we say, thanks, Brad. Yes. Thank you, Brad. Yep. Don't mistake him with Brad Turner, though. Brad Turner. No. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we do have some guest actors. We've got Jason Shambing returning as uh, Dr. Robert Rothman. Yeah. We've got Dan Shea returning as Sergeant Siler. Stargate Scotty. Stargate Scotty. And uh, the uh, primary guest actor for this is Jan Rubesh, who plays Nicholas Ballard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in Czechoslovakia. He graduated in 1945 from the Conservatory of Music in Prague, uh, after which he joined the Prague Opera House as their youngest singer, bass singer. Uh, oh, nice. A few years later, in 48, he emigrated to Canada, and he continued his opera, opera career in Canada. Uh, hmm. He had various roles, such as Boris in Boris Gudinov, uh, Shigolch in Lulu and uh, Mephisto in Faust. Hmm. Uh, eventually, okay. he branches out into radio and then into TV and movies. Uh, one of the places he's probably most recognizable in would be as an Amish patriarch in Harrison Ford's movie Witness. Uh huh. Now that you like say that, I'm like, yep. Or something like that. Yep. Yep. Uh, he lived that. in Toronto with his wife, Susan Douglas Rubesh. And in 2009, he passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is his only credit for SG-1. Ah, dang it! Sorry. All right. Okay. Uh, The original air date for (laughs) Crystal Skull... (laughs) Tipping my hand just a little. (laughs) Sorry, carry on. Keep going. The original air date for Crystal Skull was March 3rd, 2000. Uh, mm-hmm. Number one on the charts was Amazed by Lone Star in the U.S., and in the U.K., they were still listening to Pure Shores by All Saints. Amazed by Lone Star. Lone Star. I don't, I don't. Okay, well, okay. okay. Um, you know the deal. Yep, uh, we are going to pull be, Lone but, Star uh, up. Yeah. And listen to that. Let me listen to Amazed. Mm-hmm. I have no information about Lone Star. I have no information about Amazed. 
I'm sure nope. it's amazing, or after listening to it, I will be amazed. Okay, okay. Uh, so, so it's uh, kind of got one yeah. of those weird sounds, I'm sure, that, that just kind of makes you go, whoa. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's find out. All right. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. And here it is. I don't know how you do what you do. I'm so in love with you. It just keeps getting better. I want to spend the rest of my life with you by my side. Forever and ever. Every little thing that you do, baby, I'm amazed by this is, you. Uh, yeah, I'm amazed. I, I only have one thing to say, Brent. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so uh, As we continue. Well, yeah yeah go for it all right so we're going to move on with the box office for march 3rd 2000 uh number one that weekend was the whole nine yards still number yeah, one from last still. week uh new episode or new movie the next best thing uh my dog skip takes the number third the three spot jumping up from 55 the previous wow. week uh, I did look, and the previous week it was basically on a very, very limited release, and so this was the week it was actually like nationally released. So gotcha. there, there's why you get the jump. Number four, Drowning Mona, and number five, Pitch Black. Okay, there you go. All right, so that was amazing. That I, it, I'm so glad. I'm so glad it happened. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Brent, what was happening? Uh, the early part of March 2000, again, mm-hmm. not a whole lot. Uh, on March 1st, the Constitution of Finland is rewritten, mm-hmm. uh, and they get the whole thing done in one day, which is really impressive. Uh, oh, I, I, I suspect there's more to the story than that. I suspect so. I was trying to make it a, a funny. No, I... I <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, moving on. <laughs> March 2, the former Chilean dictator, General Augusto Pinochet, or Pinochet, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Pinochet. Uh, he heads home after being told uh, by, that the UK would not extradite him on torture charges. So he's hanging out in uh, the UK, and they're like, nah, we're not going to send you back to Chile. And he's like, sweet, I'm going to go have a margarita. <laughs> Boo, Pinochet. Anyway, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, we do have some trivia mm-hmm. for this episode. Uh, the giant pyramid containing the crystal skull is described by Major Carter to be over a thousand meters tall, which mm-hmm. is then approximately thirty-three hundred feet yeah. tall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you compare that the tallest building. On the planet right now is the Khalifa Tower in Dubai, which only stands 828 meters or yeah. 2,700 feet yeah. tall. So, holy smokes. Yeah, that's like three quarters of a mile tall. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's gigantic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just absolutely huge. If this were actually the, co- the, the case, the, uh, the 
width of the bottom of any one of the sides of that pyramid would have been approximately two kilometers long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, admittedly, when you see the giant aliens at the end, they would need something that that's that big for themselves. Uh, yes. Yes. So there you go. Yes. Um, in the beginning, Carter uh, says that there are leptons in the pyramid. Yeah. Uh, in leptons are actually a, a, a real subatomic particle, mm-hmm. uh, including electrons, new positrons, neutrinos, neutrons, all of those things. Um, and in the case of neutrinos, which play another uh, element of this episode, uh, they really do pass through just about everything, no mm-hmm. matter how dense, uh, including kernels. <laughs> uh, and Dense. of course, sunlight is very rich in neutrinos. Mm-hmm. Um, an estimated 65 million solar neutrinos pass through one square centimeter every second. 65 million, 65 million, 65 million, 65 million. That's a lot. That is a lot of neutrinos. Apparently, we are very dense. Well, not necessarily. Uh, uh, hey, but it doesn't matter. It is that's, so right true. that's true. That's right. Uh, Quetzalcoatl, uh, is, uh, who the giant alien identifies himself as, uh, incidentally, the, uh, there was, a Christopher Judge who, who does the voice of that highly oh. modulated. Yes. Uh, he's the Aztec god of wind, air, and learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also an important deity in a number of other Mesoamerican cultures, including the Mayans and Incans and mm-hmm. such and such. Um, I... Not going to go any further on that. Let's see here. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I wanted to do a little bit of poking at the crystal skull itself. Um, last week, as we were talking about this, you mentioned the the mythology around the mythological stuff. And and uh, my wife uh, told me that, uh, no, the crystal skulls are in fact real. And yes, mm-hmm. I knew that. But uh, uh, they are a human hard... Human skull hard stone carvings uh, made of a clear or milky white quartz. This is all from Wikipedia here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them are claimed to be pre-Columbian Mesoamerican artifacts by the alleged finders. However, uh, these claims have largely been refuted for pretty much all of the specimens. Um, Most of them appear to be mid-19th century uh, creations from Europe. Mm, that mm-hmm. uh, you know, so they're often claimed to be uh, to exhibit paranormal phenomenon by members of various New Age movements and the like. Gotcha. Um, portrayed in many fiction things all over the place. Yes. Uh, there's a whole lot of information all about these things uh, on Wikipedia. I'm not going to go through all of them. The Smithsonian has one. Paris has one. Uh, apparently, there was one found in Belize. Um, which was not made uh, in the 1900s, but was made a long, long, long time ago by mm-hmm. the actual god Quetzalcoatl. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, there you go. Okay. So that's, that's just a little bit about that. Uh, if I look at the title in other languages, they are all translated as Crystal Skull. Straight to the point. Straight to the point. <laughs> um <laughs> As for goofs in this episode, there are plenty of technical goofs with the green screen and such not yes. quite uh, operating as well as it could, um, which has always been a disappointment to me, uh, but I'm not going to 
label all of those at this point in time. Yeah, and also it you know it it just it 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 looked like very early two thousands television. It did. I remember did. when I first saw the miniseries for BSG, how flipping stellar the CG work looked. Uh, in that was two thousand four, I guess. Um, but that's because it was standing in such stark contrast to what was very common. CG work in television at the time. This looked very, it didn't look bad. It just, oh, well, it did. But, um, you know, it didn't look out of place. It just looked like early 90s or not early 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, It's worth noting, you kind of imagine where this falls. This is 2000. So this is right around the time of episodes one, two, and three. I think one, and I don't know, one of them was right around 2099, 2001, something like that. Uh, the first Matrix movie was 1999. Yeah. So they certainly had the capability of having better graphics than this, even at this point in time, but not so much on a TV budget. Right, right. Um, it's Precisely. also worth noting, a uh, little spoiler on next week's episode, Brent. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a season of Stargate that does not have a clip show in it. Hey, that's right. right. There was a clip sh- clip episode in seasons one and two. In this season, there is no clip. Oh, episode. thank goodness. Um, so uh, with that information, uh, just just a hint for next week on that. Um, so I'm imagining that since this is the end of the season, they are spending uh, as much money as they absolutely can, which frankly is not very much. Uh, so. Oh yeah. Uh, right. For me, while I will always rail at the, the, the goofs, and maybe we'll talk more about them later on in this episode, um, I, I don't really use that as a knock on this episode. Sure. All right. The synopsis. Are you ready? Yes. Let's make it happen. All right. The synopsis for Crystal Skull. Holy smokes, that's a big pyramid. Yeah. Or so Dr. Jackson and Major Carter say as they watch the MALP telemetry coming in. The MALP moves closer, enters the gigantic structure, and sends back even more stunning data. Carter is dumbfounded at the leptons stopping the Nintendos. I mean, neutrinos. Some seriously physics-redefining stuff is happening here. Jackson is equally dumbfounded when the scan of the MALP shows an image of a crystal skull identical to the one his grandfather, Nicholas Ballard, Ballard discovered in 1971 in Belize. Daniel then briefs SG-1, General Hammond, and Dr. Frazier on the skull found in Belize. Nick, that is Dr. Ballard, wanted everybody to call him Nick, even Daniel, uh, claimed that the skull was a transportation device that uh, transported him to another world by looking into the crystal skull. And despite numerous attempts to recreate what happened, he failed. He was eventually scorned by the academic community. Hammond authorizes the mission to check out this new crystal skull, but Frazier is still concerned about the possible effects of the radiation caused by the neutrino-slowing leptons. She recommends no more than 10 to 15 minutes exposure. SG-1 travels to the planet and enters the pyramid. Everyone notes how enormous the structure is. Uh, Carter monitors the muon radiation and declares it safe so far. They find the crystal skull on a pedestal on a platform in the middle of the pyramid. As Daniel examines it, 
He looks directly into the eyes of the skull. It begins to glow. The muon radiation levels begin to skyrocket. Daniel becomes enveloped by the glow of the skull. Tilk shoots the thing with his zat gun. The glowing stops. Daniel collapses onto the floor. Carter passes out from the radiation. O'Neill grabs her and starts hauling them back to the gate. Tilk looks around trying to find Daniel. He can't find him. He then follows the colonel out. They make it back to the gate and fall through it, falling unconscious onto the ramp back in the SGC. Whew. That was a lot. O'Neill, Carter, and Teal'c are treated for radiation exposure in the infirmary, the simplest form of radiation exposure ever found. Teal'c, with the help of his symbiote, is recovering far quicker than his compatriots. Meanwhile, Hammond is using the MALP telemetry to look for any sign of Daniel's whereabouts to no avail. Recovering enough, Teal'c insists on going back to the planet to retrieve the skull and look for his missing friend. And if he happens to get taken uh, to wherever Daniel was, then he will have found him. Simple as that. Straightforward. As Teal'c collects the skull, Daniel recovers and discovers that Teal'c cannot see him and, in fact, can run through him. Confused, Daniel follows his friend back to the SGC. Dr. Robert Rothman and Sergeant Seiler begin to work to unlock the mysteries of the skull while Jackson's incorporeal self attempts to communicate with pretty much anyone who won't listen. Rothman's final analysis is that they have a really cool paperweight. With their research going nowhere, Carter, now recovered from her exposure to the leptons, suggests they talk with Jackson's grandfather, Nick. Frazier admits now that she had done a little checking up on Nick's story. After being scorned by the academic community, he had a mental breakdown and subsequently checked himself into a psychiatric hospital. But with nothing else to go on, SG-1 visits Grandpa Nick. Daniel accompanies the team and encourages the oblivious grandfather to trust his friends and to talk to them about the skull and his experiences. But Nick wants more from SG-1, so O'Neill finally agrees to take him to the SGC, where he can see the skull but the colonel is able to keep the Stargate itself a secret. Uh, besides, even if he did find out, who'd believe him? Nick tells them his story. He was transported to a great cavern on another world by looking into the eyes of the crystal skull, and he saw giant aliens composed of mist, and they said, I said that a lot better last when I was doing it practicing before i was gonna say i mean that was that was good good effort yeah good effort and a fail i'm sorry i'll I'll do better next time maybe he recognized this as the enemy of my enemy is my friend in mayan he closed his eyes in fear and was returned to the temple where he found the skull the temple subsequently collapsed and he was never able to locate it again teal escorts nick to the vip quarters Daniel follows. Nick then apologizes to Daniel for not adopting him after his parents died. Suddenly, Daniel realizes that Nick can actually see him. But, of course, Nick hadn't said anything to anyone up to this point because he thought Daniel was a hallucination. Daniel convinces Nick that he's not a hallucination and needs help and to act as a go-between to talk with O'Neill and Hammond. Together, they convince them that what needs to happen next is to go back to the planet and let the skull finish its process, which was interrupted by Teal'c's Zat Blast. General Hammond authorizes the return trip. Nick accompanies SG-1, misinforming them that Daniel insisted on it. 
Back inside the pyramid, the skull is placed in its original position. Daniel stares into its eyes, and all of the group, except Teal'c, are sent out of phase. The giant aliens appear and repeats the words Nick heard long ago. Ooya, uyal, ing, yal, ing, wetal. Daniel answers the great giant aliens that they are enemies of the Gua'uld as well. And the giant says, that's good enough for me, and welcomes them as friends. He remembers Nick and chooses him to stay as an emissary and ambassador to the giants and to talk about the Earth. Subsequently, SG-1 returns to the SGC. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. What did you think? So, uh, just to provide a little context here, I am aware that, Zach, your wife Julie has declared that there is only one right answer to this. She has declared it so. Uh-huh. And that, uh, that makes me nervous. So we'll, 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 we'll proceed, but uh, just okay. wanted to get that out there. Yep. Because... Incidentally, she did provide predictions for us. I have not oh, looked at it yet. Okay. So, uh, as the episode was kind of going along, I'm sitting there just kind of jamming with the flow. And there were uh, plenty of little moments, like, just scattered throughout the whole episode, which I thought were just quite nice. Um, Yeah, the green screen stuff was a little bit junked up and it was not particularly original because you know it's this long walkway with cavernous drop on either side um there is some curiosity as to you know like uh well no i had thought about it later so at the, you know at the time i'm just like watching the show and it's like wow it's a big giant camera Woo. talking about some physics stuff you know we got this mystery going on right in the middle there you know maybe daniel jackson died and you know i was sitting there like you know that's kind of a plausible that's a plausible i mean i know it's probably not going to be what the situation is but you know what like I, yeah what if the crystal skull obliterated daniel jackson like you know that that that's a possibility Ooh. um uh not just disappeared but like evaporated him mm-hmm. um and uh, there were there was uh, very humorous moments, especially between Teal'c and O'Neill in the infirmary. Um, uh, you know, some physical humor and some you know, yes. you know, great little dialogue. With you know, like it's real simple. It was really simple, but it was still fun. Um, there were a, a number of kind of you know touching moments uh you know when uh hammond is on the phone call with his granddaughter and and uh uh he says that he can't make that play because one of his really good friends is missing you know like that was that was a that was a touching moment um the plausibility of the story itself was fine enough as as things were kind of moving along uh you know we got to uh you know in the research room where uh uh, what's his name rothman um Uh, Rothman and Siler are sitting there, you know, you know, what do you think? I think you're going to get fired. <laughs> like, uh, that, was, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yep. Um, and so the, and then the, you know, we meet the, we meet, uh, meet Nick, uh, and, uh, you know, he, it's, it was just, uh, you know, the, 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 his, his portrayal of the character was, you know, convincing. It was, it was fine. Um, I, I didn't particularly like the one flew over the cuckoo's nest treatment of the, um, uh, psychiatric hospital. Um, yeah, but you know, it is also 2000 and you know, this is, 
uh, meant to be popularly consumed. So, you know, um, but whatever. I looked at it and I grimaced, but, you know, all right, fine. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, but we, we talk with, uh, we talk with, uh, uh, um, Nick. Gosh, I was about to say Jack like five times. I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, uh, and then the little dialogue, the, you know, having, having Daniel in the background the whole time and reacting, uh, saying that, you know, and, uh, kind of being felt every now and again, but not really, you know, I mean, it was just, it was just kind of fun. It was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody goes back to the planet and they get, uh, you know, they, t- they stare back at the skull and blah, you know, all the, all the humans go away and Teal cast a exit stage, right. And, uh, um, you know, we're, we're then suddenly confronted with a, a gigantic alien race who is declaring themselves the enemies of the Gould, And we're the enemies too. And they're like, sweet. Uh, let's be, let's be, let's be pals. I'm like, yeah, let's be pals. And so I'm disappointed to hear that uh, we're not going to see uh, Nick again because that promise at the end of the episode of I'll see you, I'll see you again, Grandpa. Um, and then so this is where this is where the confessions have to start. Um, at that last scene, there, uh, I I had to I ha- I had to wipe away a tear Aww. because that was really sweet. And I realized the whole episode I thought was just really nice. It was, it was very enjoyable. It was, it was a fun story. Um, as I was thinking about it more, and I don't know if this is actually going to play into it at all, but I was, I was thinking through the lore uh, up till now and wondering if, uh, if this alien race had put the corresponding crystal skull on Earth as a way to. Um, uh, you know, as an enemy of the Gould, right? We we know that Hathor sarcophagus was found in that other, uh, I guess it was Mayan uh, temple, um, right? And so you know, like maybe maybe South America was a bit of a battleground. Um, you know, maybe it was uh maybe the maybe the ancient uh Mayan culture is it Mayan or Aztec? Who are the uh, uh well? Who are we worried about in this? I one? think these guys were probably Mayan. Quetzalcoatl has roots in both cultures yeah and as i understand it but but uh, the language that they were that he was speaking was mayan right was mayan yeah yeah so you know maybe the maybe the story of mayan culture on earth is that you know they were super sufficiently advanced because they were the they were the emissaries of this alien race in their fight against the ghoul right you know like yeah right like and and so it just kind of got my imagination going and i was like oh that's really neat and so uh, yeah i watched this episode and Sure, I wasn't like completely blown out of the water from the start, uh, but by the time the thing wrapped up, um, I really, really, really enjoyed it. It had lots of little moments of humor, lots of little moments of enjoyment, an interesting story, uh, good emotional connection. I like that. Um, uh, it it didn't. I don't think it fell down flat on anything. There was some technical like. There were some technical goofs, and then there was a couple of moments that, in hindsight where I'm like, it's a little curious that this gigantic misty alien race that's phased out of reality built this temple for people transport. Like, that just felt a little peculiar, but whatever. You know, they're aliens. They Maybe they don't know. Um, maybe they don't know that it's not a good idea to put a, like, 7,000-foot drop right next to <laughs> <laughs> right next to your entrance ramp with no guardrails. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, oh, she doesn't I, exist on this. Planet. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> what do I know? Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm feeling pretty positive about this episode. What uh, What are your reactions? 
yeah, um, I like this episode. I, I find it fun. Um, one of the things, the, the way uh, Nick Ballard says, the giants, the giant aliens. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that just sort of becomes one of those shorthands for Julie and me to, to talk about this episode. Uh-huh. The giant <laughs> aliens. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's a good story. It, I, I don't want to rehash everything you said, but I could, uh, you know, that, that scene in, in the, uh, uh, the infirmary when when Jack's yeah. like no I can definitely do this I, I do I'm this. I'm good and he just collapses into a heap on the floor and Jack's like you know Fraser knows what she's talking about in these things and she's usually right yeah <laughs> <laughs> you <Yes>. know <laughs> and it's like okay fine um, I, I will say that uh, they they really definitely um, glossed over the idea of. Uh, the radiation problem. Um, oh, yeah. Because if, you know, ra- radiation doesn't just land you in the hospital and then you walk away a couple of days, you know, a couple hours later and you're, 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 you're fine again, uh, as a general rule. Uh, it does some pretty nasty things to one's body. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, there are neutrinos involved. So, and leptons, you yep. know, so it's like lepton soup. Uh <laughs> With the sight of giant aliens. Ooh. Misty crackers. Misty cracker. <laughs> I don't I think that's an impossibility. I think that crackers are they cannot be misty by definition. You know. <laughs> but Zach, we're gonna be the first ones to figure it out. You know, I'm sure it's possible. It's I am sure possible. that it can happen. If you can Somebody get transported, can make it happen. Yeah, with a with a with a skull, with a crystal skull, we could make misty crackers. Yep. Um, you know, as I was uh, thinking about things when I look at this episode, uh, the implication in the architecture is that the crystal skull itself stands more or less in the center of that cavernous room, <laughs> um, and, which, as we previously uh, stated, if if if. <laughs> It's a kilometer in. <laughs> you know, if, if it is just one cavernous room uh, in it, which is the implication in the dialogue used, yes. then that's a kilometer in. And if you can only spend 10 to 15 minutes in this per the doctor's orders, you're hustling. Uh, you'd have enough time to run out there. Yeah. Ha! Ha! Hey, they're in shape. Well, I guess a kilometer. I mean, you could probably, you know, if you, if you booked it, you could uh, uh, get, you could, you could probably it get is, there in it is, three minutes to there. It is definitely possible for very in shape runner people without gear to absolutely do it. Um, right. I'm not sure if it's possible. It probably is, but you know, we're talking, well, but we're, you know what, Zach, we're talking about heroes here. We're not talking about your run of the mill, your schleps in the air force. We're talking about S G one. If That's anybody right. can we're do also, it, they can do it. We're also talking about an archeologist who at this point in time is at shh, best shh, shh, ordinarily shh, in shape. Shh. He, he, all those, all those years, all those years in the psychiatric ward. What has he been doing? He's been training. 
He has uh, been training for this moment. <laughs> well, I was specifically talking about Jackson, but oh, Jackson! Uh, but you know, it's even especially <laughs> bad with with Nick. <laughs> I mean, what, didn't they? I mean, I guess on the on the return trip, they didn't have a time limit. Whatever. I, who cares? Anyway, yes. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, all of that to say is is uh, you know I I like uh, that heartfelt moment between Nick and um, Daniel in the VIP room. Yeah. Uh, I really like that moment. It's just kind of a, it gives some added flavor to uh, Jackson's character. Um, you know, we already knew that his parents died and he found himself yeah. in a foster home system. Yeah. Uh, and now we find out that he has a grandfather who uh, is just as crazy in his theories as yeah. Jackson is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also could have, but chose not to adopt him. Um, and so now because of that, uh, Jackson did not have a childhood, uh, in a stable home, um, which, you know, just adds things to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that said, uh, if, if, uh, Ballard was in fact an archeologist and all of that stuff and doing all of those archeologist things, uh, I could understand not wanting an eight or nine year old running around with him, um, that makes a certain amount of sense, I suppose. Yeah. But it, you know, just it just uh, adds depth, I think, to that I character. Agree. I like it. Uh, you know, this is just a fun episode for me. Um, yeah, yeah. I except the the the. I've always thought that the uh, the the green screen stuff is terrible. Yeah, yeah. but the, that, that's the, to me really the only knock on this episode. Yeah, the camera panning. So the the syncing that they did with the camera panning on the green screen stuff was just it. It. it, it they needed to have done more with it, more work with it, and you know, yeah. they didn't. So it was noticeable. <clears throat> uh, the the CG uh, mist monster was also a little bit. Um, it was not particularly believable, but you know. Well, you know what I when I looked at it that this time. Um, the, the mist, the giant alien mist was reasonably believable. What, what failed was, was the face. Yes. Uh, yes, the, the face the, failed. The moving of the mouth didn't quite work right. Um, uh, I, I did like it though. However, when, when he kind of pulls back and he throows his arm back and then, then we're friends. Uh, yeah. there was a great smile on that creature. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, Welcome. Have something Welcome. to eat. Wait, you don't, um, you can't. These are misty crackers. And, uh, you know, you should should have known that uh, we're never going to see these aliens again because uh, they they were like they're like hey we're buddies we're pals we're friends absolutely let's let's hang out together and you know SG one's allies are always like no yeah but so. then this time they're like but they were but they were like sure or at least yeah. this one and then we're gonna see we're gonna see grandpa again right unfortunately we're not right. I'm sorry. And then when we see Grandpa, what's going to happen is that he is going to be he's going to be he's going to be coming back with all sorts of knowledge, knowledges that these aliens had used to in their attempt to beat back the Gould. But this time they're going to have even more technologically advanced humans on their side. And then it's going to be a butt kicking. Right. 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 Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, sort of, And with, uh, you said, know, so we'll, I'll say this. Mm hmm. While um, 
we won't see Quetzalcoatl again, mm-hmm. and we won't see Grandpa again. Boo. Um, South America, in the uh, Stargate lore, does return. Good. I'll give you that. Kick those ghouled butts. We can go to that one planet, uh, the one planet that Tilt got stung at, and get a bunch of those wasps, bring them on over, and, and put them into Apophis's spaceship, and just walk away. Well, that is an option. Yes, it's a great option. Now you have a spaceship full of those bane Spaceship bugs. full of bees! <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Bees! <laughs> oh, I, I, this is a foolproof plan. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I I love this plan. I'm happy to be a part of it. Good. Yep. I just need to get uh, Quetzalcoatl um, on board. Brent, I have to mm-hmm. make a confession at this yeah. point in time. Okay. So, way back at the beginning of season three, actually just before season three began, mm-hmm. we had an episode to kind of tease the season and uh you gave me the names of each of the episodes and i was supposed to toss out one or two words that kind of described this uh right i i I didn't give you the names uh i just said you give me a word for each oh okay what whatever in any case when i came to this episode crystal skull yeah i said uncle because at that point in time, uh, I was thinking that Grandpa was uncle. <laughs> and holy smokes, did Julie lambast me on that. <laughs> and this is my chance to apologize to all of the listeners out there that, yes, I screwed up months uh, and months ago. Uncle. <laughs> uh, at this point in time, I just declare uncle and say, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, just, yeah, just be done with it. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So. Uh. Well, good. Um, good. Good that you got that cleared up. Yep. Um, well, Brent. Yeah. I like the episode, and I don't have much more to say about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. There's not, I don't think that there was some kind of like philosophical question that we need to ponder. Um, no. I love those. I love it when we have those episodes, but, you know, it wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't heinous. Um, it wasn't uh, mind blowing. Um, I was choosing to do a little bit of a, you know, a little J.J. Abrams and read more uh, plot into this episode than there actually existed. But, you know, that's just my style. Um, yeah. But I don't but, think that, that the plot that you read into it is is not there. I mean, it's it's hidden. It's it, it, Nothing that you said in your expansion of the plot struck me as as uh, outside bounds. Yeah, fair. Uh, which is why it's, you know, uh, in the realm of possibility. So it, it actually kind of has a ring of truth to it. It's uh, always fun when the thing you think you see turns out to be the thing that is. Um, and, you know, to it's 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 fine to have the mild spoiler of, mm, nope, not this time, Brent. But on the other hand, uh, uh, you know, yeah. So there. there you uh, go. But yeah, it's just one of the another one of these episodes where it's fine. And when they're fine, there's, you, don't, we, you and me, we just don't have a whole lot to talk about. With it. <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of the way it is. <laughs> All right. Well, then. Mm-hmm. uh Let's move on. Yes. And this is when I ask you how many chevrons Crystal Skull gets. Okay. So this is where this is where the nerves kick in again here. Yep. All right. Because there you is know. a right answer, according to Julie. That's right. You're right. And the nerves are kicking in because I'm going to give it a score. And I had thought about this. 
And I said to myself, this, this is my score. This is the score for this one. Yep. And, um, so there was, like I mentioned at the end of the episode and I was shedding a little happy tear and I was like, that was a really, really sweet story. I really liked that one. Um, I was realizing that, um, I really, 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 really like stories that are basically self-contained, uh, that kind of make me smile throughout the whole thing. Meaning the story is not particularly heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that, uh, has some humor in there and that I'm able to kind of take from it, uh, sort of the, you know, an emotional reaction that, um, you know, it, 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 it probably is striking me particularly well today for, I don't know what reasons, but whatever, here I am. This is the moment. It, it was great. Like I'm really, really enjoying it. So, Zach, there was a reason why I was alluding to Bane earlier in this episode. Uh-huh. Because, once again, we're in a situation where I think I'm probably going to be the only person in the world who thinks that Crystal Skull deserves seven out of seven chevrons. Why seven. on earth am I giving it seven? It's because, from start to finish, I had a lovely time. A lovely time. Yeah, there were those goofy CG problems. Sure. Same as the stupid reason why we ended up with Teal'c in a cocoon and the kid that like was like, actually, I'm not a boy. I'm a tough. No, you're not. Like, it was bananas. Um, sure, there was this like aspect of like, you know, um, you know, good old good old grandpa archaeologist and you know, getting back in touch with the with his grandson and you know, like, oh, but I I went, oh. Sure, there was a silly little phone call right in the middle where General Hammond was saying, I'm very sorry there, my very dearest granddaughter, but grandpa can't come to your uh play today because he has to go find his very, very good friend. Very good friend, very, very good friend indeed. But that doesn't matter. It was a good hook and it got me. Like I <laughs> had a fun time with this episode and I was along for the ride from start to finish. And at nowhere along the line was there anything that really knocked me off course. Once again, I am taking liberty that there is this eighth chevron kind of floating out there. It's not an eight. Uh, that one is where my mind is blown and the story is advanced. But mm-hmm. from Brent today, Crystal Skull gets seven out of seven chevrons. Seven out of seven. Yes. All right. <clears throat> now I'm trying to decide where I can't I imagine fall. you're going to get a seven. <laughs> um, so I liked this episode. I really liked this episode. Uh-huh. Um, uh, just a, a, a uh, teaser for you, Brent. Uh, Julie was standing over there, and when she heard that you give it a 7 out of 7, she's like, good answer, good answer. <laughs> so, so you apparently have hit the right answer. Yes! <laughs> I was thinking that she either thinks this thing is a 7 or, like, a 4. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it is a solid middle. Like, like there. It, I don't know if there's room... <laughs> much in between those two (laughs) yeah so this episode for me um i'm going to knock it just a couple of points oh sure a couple of marks uh not points uh because of the 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 technical stuff 
Yeah. Um, but I still love the story. I, I, I love it. And, you know, for the sheer fact that, that uh, for, for a number of years, Julie and I have had this uh, wonderful little uh, giant alien <laughs> little saying in there, you know, because those things matter. Yes. Uh, this episode for me gets a six. Yeah. Uh, it's sure. not quite a seven for me, but it is uh, definitely way up there. It was a really sweet story. And I know yep. I've used that a few times. I think that that's probably the best way to describe it. Like, it was it was nice. I liked it. Okay. I liked it. So, Brent, we yes. do have uh, three predictions. We have one okay. from Julie. We have one, mm-hmm. again, from Arnacht and again yes. from David. And David yes. actually has predictions Excellent. and revised predictions. And I haven't oh. read those, so we'll have to see what he has to say. Okay. Here are Here's Julie. Julie says... Obviously, the correct Chevron rating is sevens around. <laughs> the, uh, the era special effects keep it from being an eight, but the acting and writing is stellar. It is funny, touching, a little sciencey. Great episodes should be seven. Uh-huh. Uh, so this is her way of saying we both should have rated it a seven, and yeah. I didn't. So then you're wrong. That's okay. But uh, you know what? I, <laughs> I'm used to that one. I'm wrong. You can't be right all the time. You know what? I have already shown that I am wrong on this episode in numerous places, so I will be oh. wrong here as well. Okay, fine. All right. Um, Arnott says, mm-hmm. I predict that Brent will rate Crystal Skull six chevrons and that Zach will rate it six and one half chevrons. Pretty darn close. Pretty darn close. I yep. was... I was trying to decide, is this a a five and a half? Is this a six? Is this a six and a half? Mm -hmm. Is it somewhere in there? I didn't think I was going to fall to seven, and I went right down the middle with the six on that. Yep, yep. Pretty close Yep. for Arnacht. And now, finally, David. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, David uh, says, ugh, very skippable. <laughs> An okay story with a few good jokes, but full of stupid tropes made worse by terrible effects. In the end, nothing is learned and nothing is changed. Oh, and okay, we'll never see them again. All right, we know that. Do yep. smoke aliens eat? Grandpa does. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> is that no. why we never heard from the aliens again? Because no. he died a week later of starvation no. and dehydration no. and being middle, off of his old in the man middle, beds. In the middle of the episode, Daniel Jackson said, why am I not hungry? Why am I not thirsty? When you're phased out, you don't have hunger or thirst. Well, Boom. He he! In th- this, this is his original predictions. He says two yeah. and two and a half for you. And for <laughs> oh me. my gosh! Now, at one, so, then he had a night to think on it. What did he have to well, say? Well, so and I don't know when. Let's see. Let's see here. I guess there was about a day between these. At some point in time, in this point, period of time, uh, he sent me the the Crystal Skull uh, promo. And uh, I, he said, he kind of hinted that he didn't like the episode, and like that's fine, David. You could not like the episode, but just sure. so you know, uh, I kind of like the episode. I mm-hmm. think it's kind of a fun, and it's one of my wife's favorite episodes. So he has <laughs> revised. So he came back and he's like, okay, revised well, if somebody likes I let it, my own much. biases affect my predictions. <laughs> Ugh, very skippable. Da 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 da. 
four chevrons from Zach. <laughs> because he usually likes it better than Brent. And because oh. his wife loves the episode. <laughs> All right. No. So for me, no. I completely, um, I stand by my seven chevron rating for uh, for Bane because it, 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 I empirically, there is an empirical correct answer that is not seven uh, <laughs> for that episode. I can stand by the notion that that this episode is garbage CG and a story that doesn't really do anything for the for the for the big arc. But like I said, place, time, emotion, whatever. I'm a sucker for it. I, I, I'm. I, it got me hook, line, and sinker, just yep. straight down the line. Uh, he does end his comments with, those effects were really bad. I guess they, guess they saved the FX, FX money to spend on the next episode. Ooh. And so that's a little spoiler for you that okay. I think um, that, uh, that's not inaccurate from okay. my perspective. Okay. So there you go. Those are the Chevron ratings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent. Yes. The next episode, the season yes. finale episode oh, yeah. of season Stargate season okay. three is called Nemesis. Okay. All right. I want you to think hard, put that yeah. cap on, yeah. and tell me what Nemesis is all about. Okay. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the, Star, the, the SG-1 team travels through the Stargate to find themselves on a strange world. They are greeted by a young man who is magnanimous and charismatic, who is assertive and who is, um, who is uh, clearly in command of a very powerful force. Does this person pose a potential uh, ally in the fight against the Gould? Perhaps. But then it is revealed that he is actually a clone of General Hammond. What? <laughs> How has his DNA been transported to this other world and been made a clone of? How is this going to be a good thing or a bad thing? Is the military genius of General George Patton Hammond going to be employed in the mind of what could be a nemesis? Hmm? Join us next time on Stargate SG One, Nemesis. Um, that story yes, that's a, that's a new story, right? Like I came up with a brand new storyline. That that is as never been new done. A story as the final Star Trek Next Generation movie. Oh, they did it, eh? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Clone. Yep. Bad guy. Bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so uh, uh, I, I take it that I'm not on the mark. Well, you know, you missed it just a little bit. Just, just, just a little left. Okay, just a little all right, less. all right. All right. <laughs> to, to be honest, uh, the the it's like you like threw the bowling ball at the people watching and not at the pins. So, depending on your sport, I could have nailed it. Well, if your goal is to harm humans, then yes, yeah. you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so maybe uh, maybe we should take a look at the at the at the effects of my harm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which is, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but whatever. Well, let's, uh, let's watch the promo and find out okay, what's happening on the season finale. Yeah, let's figure this thing out. All right, I'm hitting go now. Next time on the season finale of Stargate SG One. Ooh. Super good effects. 
Off the Asgard come to Earth, looking for help. O'Neil. Thor. You alright? I am dying. No! Does that have anything to do with those bugs in the hall? They are the enemy of the Asgard. This would be the enemy worse than the ghoul Tomula. Oh. And only Stargate Command can save them. This is General Hammond. At this time, I recommend going to DEFCON 2. Deploy all available assets to intercept the alien ship. Oh, my. Ah! It's all next time on Stargate SG-1. Oh my goodness! What? I, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> like, okay. On, on one hand, on one hand, Thor is dying. And on the other hand, the ship explodes in, on Earth. <gasps> Do we get new technology? Anyway, um, uh, but also, this is the big bad? Like, for real? <laughs> a swarm of bugs well okay. we okay. we will have to wait and find okay. out okay. okay okay all right all right okay so that is nemesis uh-huh i'm a little all nervous right. no no you don't be nervous you'll be okay. fine okay okay yeah i trust you'll be fine all right fine yep yeah. um so uh just so you know on uh, imdb if i remember correctly the uh the general rating for nemesis is higher than it is for crystal skull so just so but you know imdb is full of idiots well so is this podcast <laughs> <laughs> touche <laughs> hmm, i see that you've played insult game before too <laughs> i raise your insults oh gosh uh, so speaking of next time, though, um, you and me were t- we're taking a week off, right? And yes, because I'm unavailable. Yep. So we're gonna do our season finale uh, the week after that, so a couple yep. weeks from now. And yep. um, I think uh, we're planning. Are we planning on zipping right into season four? Are we just gonna bang right well, into we, that? So so we'll we'll do a a, a retrospective episode. We'll, That's we'll right. Talk That's about right. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah the stuff after that, and uh, I think. That we will have a special guest for that episode. Uh, mm-hmm. If technology and schedules line up, we will have yes. a special guest uh, for that uh, season three review episode. That's right. Um, that's right. And uh, so I'm remembering now. Pay attention awesome. to that. We'll do that. Yeah. Probably that'll fall uh, early February. Mm-hmm. And then we'll jump straight into season four. Um, and uh, we had talked originally, Brent, that we'd take a couple weeks off between seasons. But with your schedule and my schedule, uh, we're going to have some interrupt, inter- intermittent uh, breaks here of a week here and a week there for your schedule and mine. And so yep. we just thought we'd just plow through as best we can. Pause Get and on with it. Yep. So that's our plan moving forward. Okay. Uh, so, uh, good dear listeners out there, tell us what you think about Crystal Skull. Tell us how Seven. you agree with David or how you think David is incorrect. Totally tell us incorrect. how we are absolutely foolish to give this six and seven chevrons uh tell us what you think about uh, the upcoming episode nemesis uh how does that play into all of the storyline uh you know talk to us join us and uh if uh 
uh, uh, if, if you're so inclined to follow, find us on the Patreon and throw a few yeah. shekels our way to Absolutely. assist in the uh, crafting of this uh, expedition. Yeah. Expedition. I like that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, of course, we have Twitter at Stargate Walking and the Facebook at Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and group. Yep. With that, uh, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs>